Josh here, NatchCast33. Through NSN, the Natch Spy Network, we've acquired raw audio of Hampton Creek ideating another batch of letters for the New York Times. On the heels of their wildly successful campaign from this summer, with letters to Barry Obama, Big Food CEOs, and 23-year-olds looking to change the world, this is a look behind the curtain at what's next from the fastest-growing disruptors in food. We believe this to be two interns named Kyle and Blake, working toward that big idea to impress their fearless leader, Josh Tetrick, and disrupt the food scene forever. Kyle is the first to speak. Dear Danny Brown, they're doing things right in Detroit. You know, vacant lots becoming farms. That's pretty good. Where's my monster energy? Dear Mayor of Detroit. Dear Danny Brown, future Mayor of Detroit. You gotta write this letter like Josh would write it. That's true. What does Josh care about? What does Josh love? He loves his mom. He loves, loves his dog. Loves his dog. His dog. Dear, dear Jake. Dear Jake. Dear Jake. Dear Jake. Dog food is broken. Dog food is broken. We're all just animals. At Hampton Creek. We're all animals. We, we don't believe. have to act like it. We created a movement. <clears throat> There's more humanity in Jake than there is in the fucking Pope, man. You are better than any human I've ever met. Dear Jake, you are going to be the first vegan canine on the planet. And we don't talk vegan. Why not? Mainstream. 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 This is our chance. we got to come up with yes. something. Dude, it's got to be. Maybe Jake's I think not it, it. No, I think it is Jake. You think it's Jake? It starts with Jake. It starts with Jake. Who did he write to? Hold on. He wrote to Obama. His mama. <laughs> food, food leaders. Food CEOs. Great-grandma, man, he wrote to man, mom, you said mom, 23-year-olds, I like Jake. Let's Dear this. fetus. Dear fetus. Dear fetus. Dear fetus. We know not what we do. The world but we're getting better. awaits you, and it won't yeah. be as dark. We're here creating this movement mm. to bring you into the light That's of a better cool. world with better food for everyone. Dear fetus, we see tomorrow with our adult eyes. And by the time your eyes... But babies are born with their eyeballs are the same size. As, like your eyeballs are the same size now as they were when you were born. That's why they're so big. That's our hook. So freaky. Dear fetus, you've got big eyes. Soon you'll have a big heart. You're not going to know what obesity is. Or a movement. What diabetes is. Dear fetus. Dear fetus. Dear Jake. Dear Jake. We just wrote a letter to a fetus. Dear Jake. But you. Please don't eat the fetus, Jake. You can't think for yourself. You live in the moment, Jake. You're the purest one of all, Jake. And in this moment, Hampton Creek is here to create a movement. For dogs. For dogs. For dogs. Better, better dogs. Getting closer. Dear lady using the dot matrix printer. Fuck her. Dear vegan football player. Dear vegan football player. There is a vegan football player. So sub in his name there. Dear vegan football player. Kids look up to you. It hurts to get hit. It hurts to get hit. It hurts to get diabetes. It hurts to take the slow hit of malnutrition. Ooh. Dear printer repair guy. You're not invisible. Food is broken. Food is broken. 
You so know is it. this printer. Open your cupboard. Look at the wreckage. Look at all the egg. Dear Josh. Dear Josh Tetrick. Written by... Josh Tetrick. <laughs> dear me. Dear me! Dear me. When I look in the mirror at you, me, what do I see? Yeah, what do I see? See the same thing everyone sees when they look in their mirror. A human being with wants and needs and desires and a hunger for life. And a lust for change. A lust for change. A rockin' set of abs. Have you seen that guy? Dear me. Dear me. Dear Jake. Dear Jake. Dear Jake, I want to be the man that you see when you look at me. With your unconditionally loving eyes. Okay. Because even though I don't think I'm that man, the way you look at me, Jake, makes me think that I could be that man. And being that man means rising to the challenge of fixing our broken food system. I'm going to do it for you, Jake. Dear fetus, you are like a tiny little chick in an egg. Can we take care of you? Yeah, you see where this is going. Dear fetus, we'd like to let you lead us. Your shell is so fragile, and the system is so harsh. Here at Hampton Creek, we're gentler, kindler. You're like a little tiny chicken and egg, looking for the hole in the shell to break out into the world. Come with us, fetus. And that shell is the system, and Hampton Creek is the beak. We're going to yoke this... There's a momentum. We're yoking the momentum. How come they never play on the word yoke? You know, like you yoke uh, an animal. On the street is everyone is selling the same food. Well, they ain't, says Whole Foods co-CEO Walter Robb. Wally Robbs. Just got out of the sweat lodge. There you go, Wally. I kn- quote, I know there's a difference. I want to communicate the difference and sell the difference. Ooh. Ooh. And, we're par- and we're partnering with technology to do it. And look at this. 
Well, they ain't. Yeah. Look at that. I think that's some sweat lodge swagger that we're detecting there. That's the kind of thing that happens that's after a uh, psychedelic freakout. That subtle shift in confidence is going to bring them back. Yeah. He's no longer fearing death, neither his own death nor the possible death of Whole Foods. Good job. Because death is rebirth. Right, Walter? Mr. Rob. So basically Whole Foods is partnering. Interesting though, they didn't partner with, it's this cloud-based enterprise software. Mm-hmm. I know Infor. A bit, oh, do you? Experience design game, baby. They have a, uh, they work with, they have an internal agency, I believe, called Hook and Loop. Ooh. The design. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> it's fucking LaCroix, man. No, uh, they design, uh, they do like a lot of the experience design. So they passed up Oracle and SAP. Yep. Uh, but what are they going to do? Uh, 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 th- that's my question. So two things I take away from this. Yeah. They've been gung-ho about the store experience. Mm-hmm. Eh, a little bit less on the store experience, more on the back end. Yeah, on the back end. Take care of that back end. You got to you gotta caress and take care of that back end. They're super decentralized. Yep. It's a way to centralize. Well, and like a lot of, you know, companies across industries right now that are operating on legacy systems, it's time for a reboot, right? Experience game. Experience game. But I wonder, Josh, what what's the end of this road? What do you, you know, who can, do we care? Maybe. I mean, they're, they're, it seems like they're hedging their bet on people's continued interest in where their food comes from. Yeah, but to like, to what degree? You're going right. to look at the, here we go. You look at the asparagus in the water bottle mm-hmm. for seven bucks and go, that was picked by Umberto 35 hours ago in field 392 before it went in that truck and Woodrick, the receiving agent, sneezed all over it. I'd probably leave that last uh, piece of the equation out. But as with any design problem, uh, I think... Uh. To make the like the there's there's interest in this kind of data, but it's it's in how you present it, how you package it, how you deliver it, how you make it contextual and relevant as people are buying their food either in a store in Ufer or online, perhaps. You know who's salivating over this? Then it's Hook and Loop. Yeah, Hook and Loop. Can't wait to. We're gonna bring this to the shelf. Yeah, we can't wait to Hook and Loop this because this could be an app. Could be a Whole Foods app that as you're wandering through the store, either through our RFID technology or RFID. Arfid, or if you're just taking pictures of UPC code or barcodes. Um, yeah, but nobody does that. Right. So I think I think the mistake is to assume that people want it on their phone. Maybe if you can find a way to have heads-up mm. interactive displays mm. throughout, for instance, the produce aisle. Good work. Yeah, showing you like, oh, look, oh, this is a little video clip of Umberto's farm. Yeah, I can see the, I can see the asparagus heads coming up. Right there on the shelf. There's Umberto's grandchildren picking the asparagus. There's Woodrick sneezing on it. Yeah, there's that final link in the chain. Oh, and there he is putting it into bottles of water. So I think that's that's the challenge, is making this relevant and making people want it, or at least think they want it. They ain't no thing. It's Green tea pigs. Green tea pigs. Does a pig fed with green tea taste better? Dan. Jury's out, but... Nosowitz, Modern Farmer. Old article. But I was thinking of it after my trip to Georgia. Oh, tell me. I, I knew very little leading up. To, I knew you are taking a trip. I knew very little about wh- what the trip was for or why. Uh, family wedding. Okay. 
But it was just you, right? No, no kids, no wife. No, yeah, no life partner. Nope. My my folks. But just swinging, just Mark. And my family reliving a little bit of bachelorhood, huh? Uh, yeah. Fly to Atlanta, then it's another three hours into the woods, Mm. South Central Georgia. Very nice. So it's a rustic wedding. That's funny of you. It's well, it's rustic. I, well, I don't know. You said you drove three hours into the woods. I'm not picturing well, the a town, fucking the small embassy suite, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, okay. Been there forever. That's where I. So I would spend summers there growing up, Eastman, Georgia. Mm. Plain fields nearby. Uh, food highlights, maybe. That's probably all we need to talk about on this podcast. Well, unless anything interesting happened. Well, I have another Georgia podcast. I do. Oh right. Did you have one too many mint <laughs> juleps? And uh, no, we drank a lot of bush beer. Special edition cans. Head for the mountains of Bush. Uh-huh. They were beer. these orange cans. I, everybody orange thought it, cans? thought it might be a Halloween theme, but I think it was more of a hunting theme. Oh, like hunting orange. Close to hunting orange. <laughs> like it's a safety precaution. Don't shoot anyone holding this can. There was also... Deer season was about to start. So just Bush beer? No whiskey? No bourbon? You were just drinking Bush beer? Common people. In that camouflage hat of yours? I didn't wear the hat. Mm, didn't want to seem too eager to impress? Bush beer, we went out to the farm, had a homemade display. There was a lot of fried at this particular moment, but I hadn't had a fried pork chop. Mm. I don't know if ever. How'd it taste? Pretty damn good, man. Yeah, well, fried foods, especially fried pork. You know, like a, it was one of those kind of thin, maybe inch thick, half inch thick, Mm -hmm. flat pork chops, a lot of meat, bone, fried it, gnawed it off. And I assume you got to size up the pig before it was slaughtered. Did not. You got to kind of massage its haunches. This is a, a different different type of pork chop. To food. <laughs> was yeah. this a store bought pork chop? There ain't no over here. Right, There's then. one Walmart. A lot of uh, McDonald's and Hardee's. That's not distracting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Fried pork chops, bush beer. Get your hand canning. off there the was, can. There was a lot of a canning in the uh, the house where I stayed. That got me excited. About Pre- canning? Preserving pepper jellies and Ooh. strawberry jam, fig preserves. Because your backyard garden bounties pretty <laughs> sizable. <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of food you don't want to go to waste, I right? I got two tomatoes I got to do something <laughs> with. Green, oh, stop that. You're very nervous. Something happened in Georgia. I'm sensing a change in your body language. You're, oh, you're, you're fidgeting with things. You seem very nervous. What happened in Boulder? What happens in Georgia stays in Georgia. Apparently. Had a good time. I'll, I'll just a, have to a, assume that you did. I'll just say I ate a lot of meat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would like to highlight the fact that it was deer, deer season was coming up and there, and, and one I don't know about this. I'd like to highlight the fact that you ate a lot of meat. <laughs> you're real. You're not feeling comfortable with it. I'm sorry. There's, I'm that. not sure how. Somebody mentioned to me that it might be all completely on the up and up. Deer corn was for sale. It was just shucked corn, dried uh, kernels. Mm-hmm. You put it down on the ground, wait for the deer to come and eat it. And then you shoot and eat the deer. Well, if, if you're there, you shoot them. If not, you have a little game camera so you know when they're going to come. And it just, I guess it just Very makes, sporting. I guess it makes it much easier. I don't know. So they've got, they've got a nest camera screwed to a tree. Yeah, yeah. Watching game, it on their game iPhone cameras. App. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Check it from home. The Japan Times introduces us to Kitigawa Farm. Kitigawa Farm. A pork farm in Shizuka, Japan. 
Shizuoka, Shizuoka, Japan. I want to get this right. That has an unusual way of differentiating itself from the herd. It feeds its roughly 50 pigs green tea instead of plain water. 50 pigs? The farm's owners say customers prefer the flavor and especially aroma of the pork. Should more farmers look into switching to green tea? Huh. Oh, you like it, don't you? I don't know if I'm convinced because... He's not either. Damn. What? This article is interesting because it explains kind of how the flavor might get into the meat, and it's meat that's more marbled. Ah, yes. The fat-soluble. Fat-soluble, water-soluble, what Agents, stick. yeah. So water-soluble, right, gets pissed out right away. Probably not going to notice a taste, but if it's fat-soluble, it might... Make it into that Make fat. its way into the lattice work of fat running through the muscle. Marbling. Mm. That's what makes the meat so good. And he, he brings up black Iberian pigs that are turned loose well, to, to forge on wild acorns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famed for acorn. their taste. And it's mm. the acorn that does it. Mm. Pretty sure I had some of that pig meat when I was in Spain, in Barcelona. Just saying. It's good. Not interested. Oh, you're not interested in hearing a firsthand account of how the meat tasted? Or no, you just you had think, too much meat? I don't meat? think you were appreciative of my bush beer deer corn story. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, submit, to dismiss it. I, I thought we'd kind of... I used to, I drank bush beer too. The Southside Church Ability, 30 pack of bush made it into our laps. We would drink that. It was good. Yeah, bush beer. I feel like in college, the wrestlers I hung out with drank a lot of bush beer. It's kind beer of refreshing too. for to, it does, it's a small, slower life. Oh, I thought you were talking about the beer. It's a slow beer. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, eh, you keep up on events and, but your day to day, eh. Yeah. Well, what's nice about bush live. beer? I'm just going to live. When you look at the beer shelves today, they're, put down they're some deer corn. You know, they're overpopulated with high high gravity IPAs and double yeah, dunkles and shit. You're not even close to getting on the. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But a bush beer, I know, I know about drinking dunkles. bush beer. You could sit and drink like ten bush beer bush beers over the course of a Half afternoon hour. into evening. Oh, and you can just keep that buzz going oh. and not tip into trashedness. It's a quicker pace down there. Done. On the beer front. How many bush beers did you drink? Do I need to take that can away from you? Every time we talk about Georgia, you get all <laughs> fidgety. What the hell happened down there? I had a few. How many bush beers? A few? When? Over, over the course of the trip? I'm just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How, how many days were you there? Three full days. Two I'm, travel I'm days. I'm guessing you're averaging about eight to 12 bush beers a day. Just, just <laughs> oh, you. Oh, God. No? No. Too much. It's a very light beer. Yeah. I, no, when you pace yourself, you can. Who needs it? Come on. All right. I thought you were You just... got your black Iberian pigs. That's one meat-flavored diet product. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Grass-fed versus grain-fed. There's theories on that, right? Yeah. And there's something about them feeding yerba mate they mentioned to dairy cows. Yerba mate to dairy cows. Are, they, are the cows sipping the yerba mate out of gourds? <laughs> yes, they are. Are they wearing ascots and <laughs> sipping... The herba mate out of I gourds? So. I can only hope so. Check the gram. Nah, we won't mm, yeah. never make that. All right. Yeah, sure. I want to try yerba mate milk. You've never had yerba mate? Oh, no. yerba mate milk. The milk. Oh, yeah, but it would be good. Eh. But I mean, sure. Feed animal stuff. See what happens. It's natural. Yeah, seems, especially seems like, like, you know, you're feeding green tea. You only got 50 pigs. They're probably pretty healthy. They're being treated right. Yeah, there was a big discussion, right? Are they drinking tea or are they chewing on the leaves? Yeah, because the leaves have a different chemical compound than the steeped tea. So. so you want to be sure if you're looking for it, you want the green tea 
pig as opposed to the green tea leaf pig. Mm. And I wonder for like urban farmers, if there's some sort of exotic grain that you could start feeding to your chickens. Frika. Yeah. Feed your chickens Frika. Frika chicken. Change the flavor of the eggs. You get One million everything out of your hands that you can fidget with. The fat city that declared war on obesity. Ian Berrell. Mosaic science. Those Let's talk the... about the uh, the fat article that could have used some trimming <laughs> down. My God, this thing went on forever. Well, yeah, I skimmed a lot of it. I read a lot of it, and it repeated itself a lot. And it, where is? Do you know anything about mosaic science? This no, it was was it British? It must be because they kept talking about everyone's weight in stones. <laughs> it did. It was very confusing. It was. People were gaining a lot of stones. Yes, which would be like two. Yeah, I don't know how what a stone is. Well. Read the quote. I'll look it up. Well, I mean, it's, it probably is akin to like a foot being the length of the king's foot kind of thing. The stone was the weight of his favorite stone or his largest gallstone. 14 pounds. Yep. His largest gallstone. Yeah. Inspiring story. The mayor of Oklahoma realized he was yeah, we don't have to read morbidly obese and uh, decided to start the this campaign. Former to Former get... sports broadcaster Mick Cornett. Mm-hmm. So you got to sell it. He knows how to sell it. He does. And he's going to get his city healthy and he's going to lead the charge. He vows that they'll lose a million pounds inside of a year. Is that what it was? Or is it less than that? It was, I don't know if there was a time frame, but they apparently lost the million pounds. Oh yeah. 47,000, I think people signed up and there was a lot of weight loss. And the, the other interesting thing to come out of it is they, I think they have like a canal system there or something that they turned into this Olympic quality rowing facility. Yeah, in the middle of the heartland. Yeah, and they're attracting rowing talent from all over the world. It's a vision. Train. Yeah, I mean, it's a big vision for a whole town city. And get a them out big, of their cars, get them off the freeways. They shut they shut roads down, right? They realized they had too many roads. Yeah, and it's a big sprawling city and so they now now it's got lots of bike lanes and I mean, that's good. The American healthcare crisis is an urban design problem, argues Speck, author of a book called Walkable City. You know that. What, the walkable city? The design game. I do. I thought you meant the walkable city. I used to walk so much when I lived in Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would traverse that whole city by foot all the time, and it was felt so good. Some of the best days of my life. If your friends love you, they still going to visit, even if you just serve them vegetables, says Dante Sewell. Who's Dante Sewell? I think he's an Oklahoman. Okay. Who's found religion. He drank the Kool-Aid Wait, from what? the sports broadcaster. Oh, okay. And he's changed his life. Well, this is a very inspiring story. Could have been told in about 800 words <laughs> instead of 8,000. Yeah, good for them. This is a big debate, whether or not you can influence sort of consumer behavior through public policy or design or... You know, here's something saying yes. Influencing people in these subtle cues, right? Instead of a bunch of media telling them what to eat. I think what it's all about because is because he partnered with yeah, combining fast food and public soda. Uh, government and design, holding hands, creating solutions together. Public policy and design—that's a good match. I don't know so much about the fast food fuckers. <laughs> Clustered. Regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. What kind of headline is this? CRISPR, motherfucker. CRISPR. That's not a... Uh, CRISPR watch. That's not a palindrome. CRISPR watch. 
You want an audio cue? Oh, yeah, some sort of aggressive snipping sound. Okay, I could do that. Maybe I could just, maybe you eating some deer corn really fast. That would, I think we could achieve that As effect. we keep talking about CRISPR, that's what CRISPR stands for. Where's the fucking palindrome? <laughs> in, the, in the DNA, not in the word. Oh, okay. It's like, it's close. Good God. CRISPR tweak may help gene-edited crops bypass biosafety regulation. David Saranowski, nature.com, found it via Tamar Haspel. Good old Tamar Haspel. We haven't. She, we need to give her an Aerosmith salty. update, don't we? She is salty. I wish I had an Aerosmith update for her. Well, I'm sure she's waiting. Bated breath. I could tell her an Aerosmith story. Um, Why don't you tell us an Aerosmith story? Oh, this isn't a very good one. But I, for a while, my dad, I remember he had a, uh, a, a C, like a CD player, one of those big compact disc players. And I would always list, I think it had a magazine that held six oh, CDs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I would load it up. And I, at that time, Aerosmith good Pump, Lord. which that was their big album that came uh, like early existed. 90s. I haven't thought of those in years. Oh. I'd have that in there and I forget what other CDs and I would put it on random so in between each song, you'd hear the, well, it switched discs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And even if it was going to randomly play a song from the same CD, it would still put the disc back and then <laughs> reclaim it. But I, I had this, I don't know, it wasn't really a theory, but I felt like my dad's random select was kind of obsessed with certain songs. And one of them was Take Me to the Other Side, the Aerosmith song. You know, loving you has got to be. Don't know like the devil in the deep blue okay, sea. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a little Country's dark. gonna be my guy. And that has that dark video, doesn't it? I remember there being a very dark that's video. That's Janie's Got a Gun. Oh, yeah. That was the big hit off that album. Other Side did okay. That, what you saying sounded exactly like Janie's Got a Gun. Mm, no, it's different. Other Side appears memorably uh, in a segue scene in the film True Romance, directed by Tony Scott. These aren't important. All right, but the point is, I thought that, uh, I thought yeah, that my dad's CD player had a proclivity towards that thing for Aerosmith. Aerosmith track because it would play it like every third song. And it was it a six, always just that song? Was it a cartridge? Yeah. Or was it a spinner? No, it was a cartridge. That's why you'd hear that yeah. sound every time. Well, you hear like, a sound with the spinning wheel too. Like sometimes you'd hear other side, it would end, and then you'd hear as it would switch magazines, but then it would pull back the same disc and play that song again. Plant scientists have been quick to experiment with the popular CRISPR-Cas9 technique, which uses an enzyme called Cas9, guided by two RNA strands to precisely cut segments of DNA in a genome. Follow me. Follow me. By disabling specific genes in wheat and rice, for example, researchers hope to make disease-resistant strains of the crops. But the process can introduce bits of foreign DNA into plant genomes, and some jurisdictions, such as the European Union, could decide to classify such plants as genetically modified organisms, GMOs, making their acceptance by regulatory bodies contentious, says geneticist Jinsu Kim of Seoul National University. Kim and his team twerked. They twerked the technique so that it can delete specific plant genes without introducing foreign DNA, creating plants that he and his colleagues think might be exempt from current GMO regulations. CRISPR, <sighs> oh. <clears throat> dude. It's like it's like you take a little pair of scissors and you cut out the bad DNA yep. and you patch in the good one. Can it really be that simple? And you get out. Well, what's not so simple is that you have to like do it via this other agent and then that might get this extra DNA in there, but they got a way to fix that. So we've got CRISPR edited plants. Some serious food tech happening here. Different than GMO. Mm-hmm. Different than SMO. CRISPR plants. CRISPR plants. Possibly less dangerous. I think it's cleaner. 
You're not introducing toxins. You're not splicing different things. You're just monkeying inside the DNA. I'm kind of to the point where I'm just like, go for it. I think Fucking it's Fucking try control. it out. Because, I mean, we've turned this world into kind of a toilet. But uh, the book that I was reading at one time about how it was called The World Without Us, but it was about how quickly oh, nature yeah, can time. just... I remember that time. Yeah, that time. Once upon a time. It's about how nature can just reclaim the fucking face of the earth in Hold up. seconds fucking flat. Hold up. And we've already caused irrevocable, irrevocable harm, but it, nature doesn't give a fuck. They're still going to swallow us back up, so fine. Fuck Save around. the Cavendish. You're about to tip over that stack of books. It's precariously... <laughs> <laughs> Save the Cavendish. We will <clears throat> save the banana. That's the one species of banana, type of banana that we eat. The Cavendish? Mm-hmm. Because another one we used to eat disappeared. <laughs> Blight, some sort of fungus disease. Okay, I don't know what. <laughs> Gone. We will save the banana so that our children and grandchildren can still enjoy the fruit, says Kim. All right. Shit's getting crazy. You going to let that Cavendish die? No. Save Cri- the Cavendish. Crisp it. Save the clock tower. Oh, no, 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 no. Sterling Rice top 10. Yep. Do you you want me to intro that? It's top Uh, 10 cutting edge culinary trends for 2016. And what's new is often not new at all, but a rediscovered ingredient, drink, or dish that has been refashioned with contemporary palates in mind. These palates are definitely expanding. Turning to more savory compositions and new regional cuisines while also gladly accepting familiar foods in delightful new formats. <laughs> okay, you got through it. Yeah. I picked a few that I was interested in. I saw that. Switchels. So that's a great name. Switchels. Switchels. Oh, it's very... Uh, sounds too much like a pretzel snack, though. I think they like need to come That's like haymakers. Both but, of those are... <clears throat> but a haymaker is like a, a punch that you didn't see coming, right? Like a, exactly. Or not, uh, it's not necessarily you didn't see it coming, but it's like a full swing. Yeah. Yeah. Haymaker's aggressive. Switchel makes me think of... Being whipped bl- with pretzels. Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Right. What is it, though? Well, it's water, apple cider vinegar, ginger with honey, maple syrup, or molasses. It's just a refreshing little health drink. Yeah, it's kind of like a kombucha-esque thing. Ooh. I could be into that. They're also calling raw... Farmed oysters for yeah. millennials. Why not? But the interesting thing there that they mention in the little blurb is that, you know, farmed oysters are used to leach pollutants out of the water. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're then just eating the pollutants? How's that work? Mm. I don't know a lot about oyster biology. I know that I'd like to eat raw oysters, though. Yeah, yummy, yummy. I never do it. Eat can oysters? You, are you eat, fucking crazy? Can, yeah, yeah. Like if I'm in a restaurant, well, yeah, you're which not is gonna, once a year. You go to a restaurant once a year? Well, I wouldn't call... <clears throat> Smash burger, a restaurant. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you got. I'm s- to start eating all meat. Um, uh, Bush beer and Labne. meat. More yogurt craze, right? Finding more regions to extract their local yogurts. A thick, salted Middle Eastern yogurt. You yeah. use it with a lot of savory stuff. And porridge, dude. I've been hearing a lot about porridge. Again, not the greatest word to be. Nope, people like but for marketing purposes. But they like that word. It's like how a, about gruel? <laughs> second only to gruel. It's good though. They're making it out of all these new super grains, right? Yep. Rye, spelt, black rice, quinoa. I'm sure there's going to be a freak of porridge. You got one upstairs. Slow cooking. I do. I've got no. Oh, I think I ate all that freaka. I've got some brown rice and flaxseed in the rice cooker. We Ooh. could make a porridge. Really? Yeah. 
right. Mr. Bush beer and meat all the time. You ready to go to India? Yep. Oh, Food Tech Vindaloo. Food Tech Vindaloo. Let's say that word. Vindaloo. No, no. The Food. town. Oh. Gurgaon. That's pretty clean. Gurgaon. 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 Food startups with tech twist cook up a storm by TNN. <laughs> Is that the Nashville network? Yes. Times of India. Gurgaon. The city is fast becoming <clears throat> a hotbed for food tech startups. A huge multinational crowd, new players entering the market across categories ranging from food aggregators to home chef providers <laughs> to what they call the kitchen in the cloud. The city is ranked just behind early starters Bangalore and Mumbai, the biggest test bed for food tech startups in India. Bringing it. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. This is like somewhere where... Globalized food tech. Yeah. Well, and the situation's maybe a little more pressing there. They got a lot more people to feed. I know, but that, so why do they have this so they're, kitchen in the cloud home chef? I think that just is another way of talking about meal delivery. Yeah. Blue apron in a stuff, crowded, right? Yeah. Yeah. The online delivery box model is very spicy right now, said someone in that article. <laughs> Clearly making a pun on Indian <laughs> food. And they highlighted some examples of successful startups there. Zomato and Swiggy. Is Swiggy a beverage? I don't know. Delivery thing? Wait, know. this whole food tech thing is just, I, actually, I, I uh, realize now that I actually did not read this one. It's just the one article I didn't quite get to. But, putting that uh, city on the map. But what's their food tech? Tech-based food. food act, yeah. It's not Hampton Creek food tech. It's like uh, the delivery angle or uh, Swiggy. Okay, so this is the... Or Zomato. The Silicon Valley. Yeah. Of food, of well, third world food tech, or is it second? Is it a third world? Uh, well, it's not second even Silicon world? Valley, because you got Mumbai and Bangalore. Just huge swarming I'm just, cities. I'm just putting it on the radar for you. Just remember right. that name. Oh, okay. Gurgaon. Gurgaon. Swole dogs, bro. Genetically engineered extra muscular dogs created by <laughs> Chinese scientists. <laughs> what? what? Well, <laughs> you, you, you didn't read this I, one? I forgot it was on here. By Andrew Griffin. This is God. in uh, independent.uk. Oh. So Chinese scientists have created genetically engineered extramuscular dogs after editing the genes of the animals for the first time. The scientists create beagles that have double the amount of muscle mass by deleting a certain gene. CRISPR style, I think. Report, that, that was, that's not quoting from the article there. They didn't mention CRISPR. I don't think it's CRISPR. Uh, reports the MIT Technology Review. The mutant dogs have, quote, more muscles and are expected to have stronger running ability, which is good for hunting, uh, police applications... Incomplete sentence. Uh, that's that, that's a quote from Langzhu Lai, Langzhu Lai, one of the researchers on the project. Jesus. So these swole ass dogs, but did the best is they they point to uh, so apparently in whippets the same genetic quirk can occur naturally. So there's a picture of this dog called Wendy the Whippet. Did you see that picture? No. It's fucking outrageous. It looks like something photoshopped. I'll wait to, for you to Google Wendy have, the Whippet. I have to go right now. Because you're going to... Oh, I didn't... Oh, look at that. That beagle looks pretty good, too. Wait till... Oh, you, my <laughs> God! Holy shit! Wendy! Yeah, you got to look at Wendy the Whippet. Oh, my God! Link on the site. Yeah. Jesus! Uh, we'll, we'll get that up on Instagram in some form, too, because Wendy the Whippet is something <laughs> Wendy, else. 
Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she looks like peak Arnold Schwarzenegger whip it. Her eyes, she also looks like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so that occurs naturally. She's like, I can't be this strong. So here you go. To create the dogs, researchers edit out the my- myostatin gene. Dude, that's not right. Is this a glimpse into my future? Could be. If that is inhibited, animals can gain significantly more muscle mass and become much stronger than usual. So my question is... Is there a, is this something that has to be done uh, like in utero, or no. can can the swole bros of today get a little bit of genetic modification and up their swoleness, up their swole up. factor? Uh, yeah. Baker's dozen. What it's, six or half dozen? The other. Well, no, but it just seems like that's the kind of thing is, that could divide the weightlifting. That could divide the weightlifting community, right? Because purists uh, are going to be like, no, you pack this muscle on natural swole. Yeah, natural swole versus like, eh, shortcut swole. Lab swole. Lab swole. Yeah, but even natural swole is all pumped full of lab. I know, but you're doing it. You're powder. putting in the hard work. It sounds like with this gene nixed, you can uh, do it quicker, you know, so. <laughs> Good God. I... The gene was found in 1997 <laughs> when geneticists created a strain of mice that lacked it, leading to the extra muscular mice to be known as knockout mice or mighty mice. Ooh. Here I come to save the day. That's fucking nuts. I, it is. That's scary. That is the implication. So I, I don't know if this is CRISPR. I doubt that it is, but that is the very much the implication of CRISPR. Designer life forms. Yeah. When I mentioned CRISPR a minute ago, you were shaking your head no. I'm not sure this is CRISPR. They might not be using no, CRISPR No, I didn't say it was this. CRISPR. I, made, I tried to make that clear when I was reading that quote that that was my aside that they're yeah, doing it CRISPR do style. No, I know you like, did that. Plunk. Goodbye. That's <laughs> CRISPR is the tool. Yeah. Leading edge tool for genetic modification. Much cleaner. You're all right. You're the tool. <laughs> Kombucha on draft at Seahawks Stadium. Oh man. Dude, this is brightens my day. Stretch marketing plays continue. Hum Kombucha teams up with the Seattle Seahawks. Neil Martinez Belkin Bevnet. Going by stereotypes, it might seem an odd enough pairing to inspire a Saturday Night Live sketch. Kombucha in the NFL. But on Wednesday of this week, <laughs> Hum announced its new title as the official kombucha of the Seahawks. All nine of the Bend, Oregon-based brand's flavors are now available at the CenturyLink Field's new grab-and-go market. But even better, Hum's two best-selling flavors, pomegranate lemonade and coconut lime, are also available for sale on tap. At the stadium. That's great. This will fail. You think so? Yeah, I do. I don't. Because uh, you know what? Like when, uh, you know, I like beer, kind of a beer drinker. But for those stretches where I don't feel like drinking beer, but I still want that kind of something carbonated and beery tasting, kombucha uh, you you steps right in. Crowd. If you can grab the beer crowd, it's a home run. But That's what I'm saying. Like you, you don't, you're not necessarily going to switch. But people who are at the game who don't want to drink beer. But maybe want to feel like they're kind of how drinking many of a those, beer. How many of them are there? I don't know. There's. It's Seattle. You know, it's not like it's the Carolina Panthers we're talking about here. What? How dare you? I'm just saying, Seattle's more of a Whole Foodsy city. I, I where where is the Carolina Panthers stadium? I don't know. I don't either. All right. How? It's not the fucking. Huge, it's not joke. the Texans. It's not the Cowboys. Hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those teams. I'm saying like it's yeah, a probably a, you are. Well, no, it's a harder sell. Kombucha. Yeah. Oh, I see. Your in point. the South, whereas so in Seattle, saying, it's like yeah. I'm saying stadium kombucha NFL crowd not mixing, but you're like Seattle's the best chance. 
Or Denver, maybe. No. Can you do Mile High. Well, what's it called now? We're a very progressive city. Mile High Stadium. No more. What's it called? Invesco. Oh, boy. Yeah. I will not say that. But CenturyLink Stadium, I mean, they could, it could work. And dude, if you had like three beers and you're starting to feel like kind of bloated and like, ugh. <laughs> you're going to go grab a booch. I would totally. I, I, I would go booch. I would alternate. Beer, booch. Beer, booch. I, 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 I'm excited about it. Optimistic. No, too you're soon. not. You're too not soon. optimistic. Too you just soon. said it will fail. Too soon. I think it's you too soon. You don't believe in the booch. Well, did you notice what flavors are going on tap? Pomegranate lemonade and coconut lime. What's wrong with those flavors? That ain't even booch. That's fucking booch if there's probiotics in it. That is boot. That's booch light. Nope, that's full on booch. That's light booch. You don't know how booch you I, <laughs> I want original. I want original. Then it will fail. I want double fermented. Yeah, here's near vinegar booch. Extra fizzy vinegar booch. I guess this would be a good God, time. I'm all over the mic. This would be a good time for the uh, uh, Kombu Java update, too. Yeah, then we got to get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't I think I feel the, like singing a song. Um, <clears throat> we had uh, promised a uh, shipment of Kombu Java to, was it? Mr. Craven. Mr. Craven at BevNet. It's going to have to wait. We need another round of iteration on the recipe before we'll be ready to ship. What did you learn? Uh, Well, I think what I learned is maybe that coffee and kombucha aren't the most easily merged flavors. Well, remember, we asked him, and he he threw a brand at us that says they've got a great one. Yeah. I mean, actually, I should go try try it now. Yeah. There could... Okay, there's a thing... A few things could have been problematic. The the SCOBY that I used did smell kind of vinegary. But sometimes that just happens, and it, I don't I've remember. Had, I, I've never had a scoby problem. Do they smell vinegary to you though? Sometimes when you first start. Well, they're sitting there in vinegar the whole time. It's not quite vinegar yet, though. Oh, usually. you think yours it's spoiled? The starter might have been a little too far gone for this experiment because gotcha. the the coffee bucha tastes kind of vinegary. So what I think I'd like to do is have you give me a a baby. I just pulled a baby and threw it in the composter. Well, next time you have a baby. Take that baby for me. Don't throw it in the dumpster. Take the chapstick, put it on your lips, crack a smile with just my time. Know your boyfriend, unlike other guys. Why would you lie about how much coal you have? Why would you lie about something dumb like that? Why would you lie about anything at all? First the window. Then it's to the wall Little Johnny always tells